in the biggest trial of fascists since the Nuremberg trial in 1945, Greece has just outlawed a fascist party. Democracy can win. It ain't easy, but it can happen. I'm Bert Cohen, and with your help, we are keeping democracy alive. Check for pulse. Stand clear. Push to shock. America's fascists are those people who think Wall Street comes first and the American people come second. What we've really seen is a financial sector that's gotten out of hand, has much too much of a role in this country. What Putin is trying to do and what Trump is trying to do is undermine faith in our government. An absolute typhoon of terror against African Americans. There's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy that people don't feel that they can do very much. I speak tonight for the dignity of man. Violent racist fascists tried, convicted, and sent to jail. Though they actually held many seats in government, the party itself is now defined as a criminal organization. The trial, which recently concluded, is described as one of the most important anti-fascist legal cases since the Nuremberg trials of Nazis in 1945. After a five-year trial with hundreds of witnesses, democracy in Greece, the very birthplace of democracy, triumphed over fascism. If this sounds like a crazy dream or naive wishful thinking, it is not The Golden Dawn Party, which thrived for many years, has now been declared a criminal organization. And as we discuss this story, you, dear listener, may be shocked how many aspects of the Golden Dawn and the Greek police cooperation with violent racism may sound terribly familiar to Americans in the age of Trump. And our guest, Dr. Dimitris Kousouris, had a rather intimate experience with them having been the target of an assassination attempt against him, which was nearly successful. Neo-Nazism is not limited to Greece. In fact, it is being felt in many parts of Europe, as well as the United States. Of course, it's frightening, but this is a story of fighting back and defeating them. With the likelihood of racist violence in the wake of the election, no matter who wins, The question is, can the triumph be justice, be replicated here in America and other countries? Time will tell. From Vienna, Austria, our guest today is Dimitris Krasouris, who is assistant professor in the Department of Byzantine and Modern Greek Studies at the University of Vienna. He received his PhD from the École de Haute Etude et en Sciences, the high... Uh, a school for high studies of social sciences. In the previous years, Dr. Krasuris has been a research fellow at Princeton University and a visiting faculty member in the University of Crete, University of Chicago, Columbia University, and that school in uh, Paris. He's conducted research and published on the role of post-war justice in contemporary memory conflicts. His book on the fate of Nazi collaborators in post-war Greece was published recently in Greek and French. I don't read either. His recent article is titled Judgment Day for Greek Fascism. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Dimitri Kotsouris. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, Well, I admit I've never been to Greece, but I do love democracy. And the Greek resistance to the Nazis earned the admiration of the world 
for being one of the strongest and fiercest on the planet. Greece has a proud history. In this context, one must ask, what was the golden dawn? And I'm glad we can put it in past tense. What was the golden dawn? What led to their appeal? Well, uh, indeed, I mean, the Greek resistance was among the like, most like, majority in movements of resistance during the World War II. It could only be paired by Yugoslavia, close to two million people were members of the resistance movement in a population of seven at the time. Uh, but that, as it happened elsewhere in Europe too, the Nazis and their collaborators and later the offspring mm-hmm. were a minority, but there were quite a lot. Uh, Greece after the war, in Greece after the war, the enemy number one of the allies, of the allies, Brits and then the United States, was the pro-communist resistance. That's why they were already yeah. incorporated into the post-war state. But that's a distant past. Uh, since then, Greek fascists or neo-fascists were linked to the Cold War mechanism, yeah. uh, like they stay behind NATO networks. And as elsewhere in Europe, they followed underground paths, but also came on the surface in political assassinations, like yeah. you know, of Greek left-wing MPs or in a dictatorship. After 1974, that is the restoration of the democratic republican regime in Greece, yes. far-right parties had no significant representation in the parliament. They had maximum one seat in the European parliament back in 1984. But after 2000, when Greece seemed to achieve the goal of European integration, entry in the Eurozone, we had the Olympic Games and so on, the shock of the, after that, the shock of the crisis was rapid and spectacular. Public debt crisis, crisis of political representation, collapse of the Socialist Party, the PASOK at mm-hmm. the time, but also crisis of parliamentarism. Uh, mass unemployment. Governments were succeeding each other, having lost the power to adjust the annual state budget to the people's needs. Uh, completely lying to the dictates of the IMF yeah. and the European Central Bank. Right. So this is when Golden Dawn, like an openly neo-Nazi party with like paramilitary action, rose when the last of the far-right parties collapsed in the elections, after participating in one such government that was applying austerity measures. At the same time, mainstream media and politicians did not hesitate to promote them as an alternative, as an alternative to Mm. the growing discontent of the population, to the growing left-wing parties, uh, that was like appealing to far-right-wing audiences. So the... You know, the Golden Dawn started out as a marginal group, too small to matter, which, of course, reminds people who read history of the small fringe group of Hitler supporters in Germany in the 1920s. So the economic crisis that was brought down from uh, the European Commission, uh, I believe that's called the Troika, in what ways did the appeal to citizens who felt the sting of austerity imposed by the European Commission. So what, the, the, the austerity that came down from the top down, how did that play into the rise of the Golden Dawn? 
Exactly. I mean, uh, you said the suddenly towards, like, at the beginning of the, like, international crisis, like, around 2008, 2009, like, 12 years ago, uh, suddenly people, you know, uh, people uh, lost their jobs. We had, like, a rise of uh, unemployment rate from 7 to 22%, 25% within a couple of years. I mean, people, uh, pensioners who saw their, you know, life um, oh, wow. economies uh, vanishing, uh, you know, the pensions in, in Greece went down 60-70% mm. during the first years of the crisis. So what we saw, social contract or trust to the government, the institutions, uh, national or supranational, European, European Union and so on, mm-hmm. collapsed uh, overnight. Uh, it was at that point that uh, various alternatives. I mean, there was a kind of uh, you know squares movement, people gathering in the squares of Athens and other big uh, cities, looking for an alternative, like protesting against uh, austerity measures and so on. Big strikes on the other hand, and new political forces, among which the new United, the new United, mm-hmm. who started. Like with a double face on one hand, like uh, uh, solidarity in- initiatives, like uh, soup kitchens for Greeks uh, only, but also pogroms against unionists and, uh, and immigrants. So, yeah, people people were hurting, and that is oftentimes the appeal to populists of the left and right feeling like you know this is being done from the top down to us and we don't have any power and the current uh, administration isn't doing it so i can understand uh, uh, the appeal um how much success did golden dawn gain in terms of number of people who voted for them and actual power in government how can one explain how they became the third largest party in Greece. How much power did they have? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were like a marginal party in the fringes of the political system. They existed since uh, the 1980s. They, uh, in the elections, they would take something like 0.1 to 0.2% for decades. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like somehow overnight, between 2010 and 2012, they rose to first around 7% of the vote, that is to say, like 350,000 people voting for them. Uh, At the first place, the highest percentage vote, close to 10%, and more than half a million votes, they received it in Mm. the European election of May 2014. That is to say, eight months after the assassination of Pavlos Fisas, the assassination, like, of a Greek a uh, hip-hop musician that uh, became like uh, this point where their criminal activity stopped and their indictment from the Greek side just started. So their leadership was already in custody, but they yeah. still kept receiving uh, hundreds of thousands of votes. Why? They First of all, they had a proverbial immunity from the police for decades, uh-huh. sometimes this immunity from the police and justice, sometimes this immunity would also be translated in open uh, collaboration against 
Antifa demonstrations, for example, on camera. It's not, you know, it's not, it was not a secret. It's not uh, something disputed. Uh, yeah, they went uh, unpunished for decades for smaller crimes like stabbing or um, hitting, you know, during the night or sure. small pogroms mm. immigrants and so on. And they always had their like connections and links in the right wing mainstream parties. And not only. So, well, I want you mentioned Pablo Fisas. Who, who was he? He was a rap star what why did they kill him and was he uh an, an immigrant or or why who was he why did they kill him well he published thesis was a hip-hop musician in a popular working class neighborhood of Piraeus, athens uh, this is where i come from incidentally uh-huh. uh, he was targeted singled out by golden dawn thugs because of his activity in like in music, like his lyrics, his his music, mm-hmm. uh, long before his assassination in September 2013, uh, it was a popular neighborhood, like an uh, industrial area uh, of uh, Piraeus, where the Golden that started terrorizing immigrants and unionist workers, like a couple of years before already. Fisas was among the ones who resisted, representing a like a spirit of uh, uh, unsubmitted people who kept fighting for democracy and uh, liberty in those neighborhoods. So uh, actually, like they uh, they like insert him like uh, a storm troop of golden yeah. dawn in the night, and they stab him in the heart. You know, in, like uh, suburbs of Athens. And what? happened to you why why did they do what they did to you my goodness tell us about that that. yeah that was back in 1998 that was still you know another era for me i mean it was another me and another period still for greece in the sense that back then you know before the crisis uh, and uh, so on there wasn't i mean i was in student unionist at the time, uh-huh. member of the National Union of Students, there was a big movement against the government reform in education, uh, which was met by uh, like uh, police brutality against demonstrators at uh, the time. Uh, that's why we were in the, the cold house of Athens, the central cold house of Athens, in order uh-huh. to protest against the arrest of demonstrators. Okay. After the last forces of police went away, that afternoon, it was afternoon, 5 p.m. in the afternoon, downtown Athens, like a, like a troop of uh, 10 uh, Golden Dawn neo-Nazi flags came uh, armed with sticks, and they hit me and another two people, like unions uh, that were with me, in the head. I okay. ended up in, uh, you know, the intensive care unit for a week in the hospital for like uh, more than a month. I was lucky enough to survive. Actually, uh, I had like little chances to survive. I was young, though, and uh, lucky at the time. What was interesting is that. When this happened, uh, the police did not even register 
the event. Oh my. In, I mean, the police department of this neighborhood never registered this event. I mean, the people that we recognize, we recognize them with the help of journalists. The police did nothing for that. After all, we did identify one of the officers of the attack. He was indicted by the justice, like Greek justice. He was never arrested. He mm. gave himself up seven years later when he chose to give himself up. Okay. And uh, if you want, it, it was the most, you know, well-known attack of the Golden Dawn in the years before their, uh, like, purely criminal pogroms and attacks uh-huh. around 2012, 2013. Uh, however, however, the Greek state did little to go after them. Uh, that that does remind a lot of people who are listening, I'm sure, of what's been going on in the uh, United States recently. The police uh, have killed many unarmed black men, and we've only seen it recently because of the prevalence of, of cell phone cameras. But that's been going on for years and years and years, and very often there's... There's immunity. Uh, the, the police don't get prosecuted. And it, it just, I wonder how similar it might be. We're, I mean, were police implicated in the killing of uh, FISAS or other crimes of violence? How They what? were there. You know, police, in the killing of FISAS, police was present at the spot. They were there. They watched this happening. Can you imagine that? I mean, they were like... 30 neo-Nazi thugs having encircled one guy with his girlfriend and another couple of people uh-huh. there. Uh, Fisas was brave enough to stand up and face uh, those monsters. The police was watching. Oh my. The police was watching. When the guy who stopped him was finally arrested by the police because there were other eyewitnesses and they couldn't do it otherwise. She told them, I'm one of you. I mean, uh, I'm, I belong to the Golden Dawn. I'm one of you. Uh, le- now, you know, later, if I may, yes. I mean, I can give you more. I mean, uh, during the, the process, you know, the, the trial lasted five and a half years. We know that when these guys attacked the uh, Egyptian fishermen, more or less in the, in the same neighborhood, they did it with t-shirts with the logo of the organization. Mm. When they were arrested, the police allowed them to change t-shirts in order to take photos of them. Can you imagine that? (laughs) So, Um, for those who may have just tuned in, you're listening to Keeping Democracy Alive. I'm Bert Cohen. We picked this name a long time ago before Trump came in, but uh, we're talking with uh, Dimitris Kousouris about the restoration of democracy in Greece and the uh, judgment day for Greek fascism when the Golden Dawn fascist party uh, went on trial and uh, it was five and a half years and they have been uh, convicted. And uh, the police, what have they, you know, Golden Dawn leadership was convicted. What about police? Have they been uh, charged with anything? Have, have have there been charges against uh, the police uh, who went along well, with among it? The, uh, among the people who were finally convicted, there is a police woman uh, who 
provided the Golden Dawn members. I mean, she was she was convicted because she was providing the Golden Dawn members with information about uh, you know the imminent movements of police and so on. But uh, that's the least that could happen. Uh, actually, there's all, all and we know from uh, research in political sociology that around. 50 to 55 percent of the Greek riot police votes for Golden Dawn at least for the last 10, 15 years. Uh, we know, I mean, we know from various and from the current, like, uh, Minister of uh, Public Order, like, or Protection of the Citizens, Mr. Chrysokoidis, uh, he's been saying since. We were looking for the authors of the attack against me and the other two people back in 1998. Uh -huh. That uh, half of the police, he was saying, I and mean, he was minister back then, he's minister now again, uh, like uh, minister of the police. I mean, he used to say that, you know, uh, half of the police doesn't let us arrest these people. We don't let us arrest these people. Uh, uh, just after the conviction of these guys, uh, one of them, like the vice leader of uh, the Golden Dawn, escaped arrest. I mean, a convicted member of the criminal gang escaped arrest. Uh, I mean, the question of, uh, you know, purging the state, and especially police, uh, not to speak about justice, you know, the public prosecutor hmm. in the trial... The public prosecutor of the trial repeatedly asked the equipment of all the uh, like uh, indicted persons, apart from the person who stabbed Pablo Sisa. She asked that everybody else be released. Well, uh, well it's, it's interesting, uh, uh, the idea of justice and who police are there for. I mean, uh, you know, have have the police anywhere been reliably, shall we say, uh, neutral and and uh, not taking one side or another? I mean, you talk to uh, African Americans in the United States, and, you know, you'll get a very clear opinion about uh, what the police are doing. You know, this is not just limited to to Greece and to other. You know, rise of of Greek Nash of of nationalism and anti-immigrant racism. How uh, the the trial? How did that happen? I mean, trials are very expensive, at least here in the United States. You got to pay lawyers a heck of a lot of money. Who who brought the case? And uh, wow, five and a half years. Tell us about that. What were they charged with? Well, well, they were. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a long trial. You know, there were like tens of uh, indicted persons, like uh, all in all about 70 people. Uh, there were, uh, uh, I mean, there were around 60 different cases of uh, crimes uh, examined in the trial, murder attempts, possession of weapons, bodily injuries, manslaughter, uh, different kinds of assaults, and the overall uh, 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 charge of a criminal organization uh -huh. uh, that 
the uh, like the Golden Dawn was uh, acting as a political party, but actually uh, was a, a criminal uh, organization. Mm-hmm. So five five and a half years. Uh, first of all, it was a collective effort of a lot of people. I mean, the lawyers themselves had to drop other cases and uh, leave off nothing in order to be able to follow. I mean, there were like uh, around 15 lawyers who, like at this moment in Greece, uh, some kind of heroes of the public, democratic, uh, you know, public opinion at this point. I mean, there were real heroes who kept walking, uh, collecting evidence. Uh, of course, there were so many people who helped, uh, you know, spread the word, journalists, uh, initiatives that, uh, like, let people know in Greece and, uh, like, beyond the country, the international, it was, I mean, the golden dawn about. Uh, so uh, it was a huge effort, which, in a way, uh, marked also the restructuring of a public, like a democratic public sphere yeah. in Greece. That's why at the, mo- I mean, the day of the, like, of the verdict, there were like around 50 to 60,000 people gathered in the streets outside of the courthouse, like of Athens, waiting for it. So you see, it was a kind of democratic upheaval, like a kind of you know, uh, awakening of a democratic uh, anti-fascist movement in Greece. That's very, very exciting and very encouraging, I must say. And no doubt the world knows about uh, the United States under Donald Trump and its racist policies toward people of color including migrant children. There, I was pleased to hear that uh, Joseph Biden, who's running for president, we'll find out soon, that he says he'll make it the top priority to reunite the 545 children who are separated from their parents and have been for a long time. Golden Dawn, uh, actually, I, I read about something that they did against migrant children with regard to uh, access to playgrounds. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, I mean, one of the first actions was, uh, like in some popular neighborhoods of Athens, to go and lock the playgrounds in order to prevent uh, children, like migrant children, from playing there. You know, they had this hygienic discourse of, uh, like, migrant children that spread diseases. uh, to our children and so on, which, by the way, was a quite mainstream discourse of the government at the time. But uh-huh. apart from that, uh, they there were many cases of bullying against uh, migrant children in schools and so on. And that was another, you know, a widespread phenomenon all along, you know, uh, the country. Mm. At the same time, at the same time, you know, every Hitler has his death own. And the Golden Dawn had Yancel Tokumbo. You know, uh, at the same time, with, uh, I mean, this kind of propaganda against migrants and so on, Yancel Tokumbo rose to be the most famous Greek kid uh, abroad. You know, uh, a kid of African immigrants who grew up in Athens and uh, 
uh, became an NBA star and so on. So, huh. uh, you know, that didn't go very far for them, uh, especially their campaign against kids uh, didn't really get, find roots in the population. Uh, I must go to Greece someday. It sounds like a wonderful place and the people, too, the, the dedication to, to democracy. And the years that Golden Dunn was in power in both the municipal government of Athens and the Hellenic Parliament, the political system provided a protective environment for Golden Dawn, including, as we mentioned, the police, but also the judiciary. Tell us about those branches of government, how they uh, provided a protective environment for Golden Dawn. First of all, first of all, there is an immunity for members of the parliament. And that's according to the Constitution. Uh, members of the Parliament have a penal immunity, and uh, it needs to be uh, uh, abrogated from the Parliament itself. But apart from that, uh, they they kept receiving government like state money uh, as uh, parliamentary. Party, what's, uh, and they kept spreading their offices and activities all over Greece. So, and what concerns the judiciary? I, I would say that what concerns the judiciary as well as what concerns the support they received. The most interesting thing is not what they took after 2012, like between 2012 and 2019, that they were a parliamentary party, but what happened before that? Because they had started spreading around their offices like opening offices here and there, all over uh, Greece and abroad, even in New York, for example, like hmm. in diaspora community. Uh, where did they find that money? No, the interesting questions that opened after the trial was, you know, follow the money. Where, where, did, they, where uh, did this money come from? Uh, and it was not the, only the official state money, but also, you know, who supported, I mean, Really? We know, for example, that in public, like in uh, the popular neighborhoods around Kyrias, uh, there were like specific financial interests. That, I mean, they were acting against the trade union of the region, like uh, of the shipbuilding industry uh, of Kyrias, mm-hmm. exactly in order to lower. Uh, like the wages of sure. people working. Yes, there they opened they opened employment offices where they would hire only Greek people to work for two hundred per month, two hundred euros per month. Ah. <clears throat> and I do have to wonder. Here uh, we have uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Steve Bannon, who ha- who went to Europe, and he was encouraging nationalist, racist, right-wing parties over there. I don't know if he was a source of any of that money. I think that, has it been found what where the money came from? Just, you know, certain wealthy interests? No, that would be really, that would really be the the next, uh, like, uh, uh-huh. object of a good, like, investigative journalism. Uh, uh, Enterprise. I mean, who like funded these people, especially yes. in the beginning? Uh, 
Skal det mange kampe for Monal, for det er mange kampe for Rashi, det er mange kampe for Moïse Ingris. All is possible. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of uh, money out there. I mean, from the uh, the Russian mafia, the people who back Trump, uh, you know, lots of nationalist exactly. racist money. No question about that. Again, for those who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here, the show is Keeping Democracy Alive. And we're talking about democracy reviving itself in, uh, in Greece. The Golden Dawn Fascist Party being taken down, now considered a criminal organization. Our guest is uh, Dimitri Kosouras, who uh, has been very much involved in this and was the target of an assassination attempt by them. And I've seen a picture of you. It ain't pretty. I mean, I'm sure you have better pictures than that one. You know which one I'm talking about. Um, The original source of inspiration, the German Nazis, the neo-Nazis of Golden Dawn, have held views as varied as they are odd, including mystical beliefs in the ancient Greek gods and Olympian greatness. Did they consider Greek nationality to be sort of a, dare I say, master race? Well, uh, actually, yeah. I mean, in what concerns the like uh, ideological arsenal, it went completely by the book of the NS, the DAP, you know, the German Nazi Party, uh, using alternative meanders, uh, mainly instead of swastikas only, uh, claiming that uh, swastikas were like uh, all meanders and so on, or even the Nazi salute uh, to ancient Greek uh, and so on, and presenting themselves as Greek national socialists and not German Nazis. But, you know, for the rest, for the rest, I mean, according to the leader, they were they were the seed of the vanquished of 1945. You know, it's interesting, always interesting in history that that there can be military victories, but the vanquished don't go away. They they stay there. They you know, the the military victory does mm-hmm. not wipe out the belief, the the underlying uh, philosophy of it. And speaking of uh, you know, believing mystical beliefs in ancient Greek gods. Many Trump Trumpists believe that Donald Trump was sent by God. They really do. I I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. <laughs> Did Golden Dawn yeah. similarly believe that the gods would protect them? Well, uh, what's for sure is they believe that the state would protect. Uh, uh, I mean, what they really? I mean, they were surprised now at the end, but. Uh, you know, the state did not keep protecting them up until the end. Uh, concerning the gods, uh, some of them, I mean, some of their supporters did. So they do did believe that they are members of the chosen people. Uh, you know, every fascism has the special characteristics of the community it refers to. Uh, Greece has been, you know, some kind of a rampart, uh, bulwark of the like frontier of the white uh, Christian Europe, and so on. So they, they consider themselves somehow the fighters who protect uh, the legacy of a Greek Christian white civilization, and so on. And they appeal to this sentiment 
like irrational sentiment of people in many different ways. Trump, who I hope is not around much longer, who the heck knows though, Trump is obsessed with demonstrating his manliness, looking tough and strong. And that's been, you know, that manliness has, has been around for virtually all uh, fascist uh, uh, movements, dominating and controlling women and others. Was that the case with the Golden Dawn as well? Was Were they obsessed with looking tough and strong like men, dominating and controlling everybody else? Yeah, completely. Virility, like uh, warlike spirit, uh, violence, uh, uh, like a quite, uh, uh, you know, patriarchal uh, idea about women as reproducing the machines. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all about, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, women as breeders, that's their job. Uh-huh, yeah, we've seen that before. <laughs> it's amazing to me. I, I don't understand. Well, but anyway. Well, you know, Go ahead. There is a nice documentary of a Norwegian guy called Golden Dog Girl. Uh, he went to Greece during uh, those years and after the indictment of uh, the leadership and made this documentary with the women, you know, uh, daughters and uh, spouses of the Golden Dog. Uh, leaders and members and so on, and you can see women themselves uh, adopting this kind of you know idea for themselves. Well, people who are oppressed often, I'm afraid to say, throughout history have have sided with the oppressor. It's familiar; they don't want to upset things, and there's some sort of sense of protection or something. I don't really understand it, but it 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 does happen, and. The trial took five years, and I thought this was interesting as well. The leader, and I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this right, Nikos uh, Mikolaikos, 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 who enjoyed a cult of personality. He said that he was proud now to be imprisoned. And of course, prison time, as historians know, helped Hitler gain his great power. He, he, He was imprisoned in 1923, I believe, and then you know, became a hero after that. What what were the charges against him, and and what were the verdicts, and how do you think that will affect his cult of personality? Well, well, yeah. Halilakos uh, uh, himself uh, was uh, convicted as you know the fear, the, the head of this criminal organization. What's interesting, I mean, the legal from the legal point of view is that. Uh, they were not uh, convicted as a terrorist organization, which means that right. Mihaloyakus was only charged as a leader, but not as you know, an instigator of all crimes committed by this organization. This would mean that he would have a life sentence at the best of the cases. He got 13 years in the first degree. Uh, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he will allegedly stay in prison uh, for five, seven years. Uh-huh. You know, if uh, uh, if you know, he works a little bit to make double uh, the the days he's spending there. So on. Uh, whatever the case, uh, I wouldn't. 
I mean, of course, I mean, Nazis would try to uh, make a profit out of it. I mean, Hitler uh, rose his mind camp yes. in, in prison back then. But uh, first of all, that uh, was the interval period. Hitler was young, Michael yes. uh, 60 plus. Uh-huh. The party has been like divided in three now and they are fighting against each other. Once you know, they mm-hmm. lost power and so on, they have started, uh, and, and that was very funny in a way, uh, amusing. Uh, <clears throat> sure. Once they were arrested and they lost their strength, they started, each one started uh, accusing the other and uh, begging for pardon. Uh-huh. Like the uh, guys and uh, so on, all the virility and the braveness uh, <laughs> withered away within like a few months. Uh, that's part of the political, you know, morality too, if you want. Uh, so yeah, I don't think that uh, this will be the case. By the way, you yeah. know, Michalos was himself. Uh, he's not. You know, somebody knows he was himself the leader of the youth organization of the first neo-fascist party that came out in Greece, like uh, supporting the good old dictatorship of the 1967-1974. He had been convicted. He had been convicted for bombing attacks in uh, like movie theaters back in the late 1970s. He would. He would put bombs in uh, movie theaters that would show Soviet movies back then. Mm. Uh, this, is, this kind of guy, you know. Uh, not a guy I would follow, that's for sure. It's hard to believe. But I, you talked <laughs> about the, the, the period of the colonels. I remember Spiro Agnew was vice president under Richard Nixon before he was moved, removed from office for corruption. As I recall, he, Spiro Agnew, had close ties to the colonels who governed Greece between 67 and 1974. The dictatorship of the colonels was characterized by right-wing cultural policies, restrictions on civil liberties, and the imprisonment, torture, and exile of political opponents. Their reign ended in 1974. I wonder if they still have admirers and if there's a connection, I guess there is, between Golden Dawn and the colonels. And I, I have been to Italy in the past, and I was surprised to see there were T-shirts and flags with the image of Benito Mussolini on there. So I wonder, you know, was that seen as a good time by some people now? And, you know, do they still have uh, admirers? Well, uh, the... You know, uh, you know, uh, any tyrannic regime, there is always a minority back an existing social base for those regimes. You know, the people who have gained something from uh, yeah, sure. uh, those regimes. Yes. In, you know, in post-dictatorship Greece, there was an around, I mean, that was amazing. The 7% of the vote that the Golden Dawn took back in 2012 to enter the Greek parliament was more or less, uh, I mean, the 7% the first pro-dictatorship party took back in 1977, three years after the fall of the dictatorship. Uh, you know, the pro-dictatorship party back then took the same percentage. Uh, 
so there has been uh, existing minority. Yes. Uh, has been training those targets. Like I said, Mihalo Yakos had been acquainted to the imprisoned leaders, like the military leader, the colonel as well, mm-hmm. in prison back then. And uh, he had been, you know, named uh, by them uh, head of the youth organization uh-huh. in the 1980. Uh, by the way, as you talked about Italy, uh, these people had connections with the Ottoman war, with the neo-fascist uh, ah. paramilitary organization in Italy. I mean, these people had, you know, been acting in the stay behind NATO anti-communist networks in these last decades of the Cold War. That's uh, how now the, the, the one of the guys that still escapes uh, arrest is the uh, deputy, like the European uh, mm-hmm. Parliament deputy, uh, who uh, has uh, gotten a, law, a lawyer, an Italian lawyer, who mm-hmm. has been the famous lawyer of all neo-fascist Italian yeah. terrorists during the last decade. So you can see the connection as a kind of this black neo-fascist international uh-huh. that uh, sometimes surfaces too. Oh my goodness, yes. And uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing it might be what's now called the League or the Five Star Movement in Italy. And uh, there's certainly a nationalist fascist movement in uh, Hungary now, right next to uh, Austria, of course, and uh, you know, you know th- go ahead. Um, if I may, yeah, uh, yes. what's been happening in Europe during the last year, because it's uh, it's Jobbik uh, in Hungary, uh-huh. it's uh, where I am now, the, you know, the Freedom Party, who are yeah, like uh, right. direct fires of the Nazis, there is the National Front in France, mm-hmm. right? you know, until recently in, like, popularity, there has been a slow but steady process of mainstreaming of racist ideas all through the last two, three decades. Mm. And with, like, a, a uh, like, uh, skyrocketing in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, it's so, but you have them in the United States, you know, there's like uh, the, the war against the uh, migrants in yes. the south, the war, yes, the war with the, the border with Mexico, it's uh, more or less the same with the Frontex and the protection of the external borders of the EU, which has made around 50,000 people drawn, drawn, 50,000 people drawn in the Mediterranean during the yeah. last 15 years. Yes, Frontex is in action. All those people drowning. Well, uh, I, you know, I really don't like racism. I have to admit, you know, it's just, it. I, whatever happened to Syriza? I'm not sure I pronounced that right. They, in, there was really severe austerity imposed by the decision makers of the European Commission, uh, largely Germans. Uh, but I was encouraged by Syriza's resistance and opposition Golden Dawn was uh, some of the uh, media at the time presented Golden Dawn as a counterpoint to the left-leaning uh, Syriza. Uh, whatever happened with them? Are they still around? Uh, 
Well, they are still around. They were in government for uh, yes. five years, uh-huh. uh, from 2015 to 2000. I mean, most of the trial took place under the Syriza government. The court ruled that Golden Dawn was a criminal gang under the guise of being a political party. I can't help but think of the crime family. They, too, are posing as a political entity, and there's a lot of money involved there and some real under-the-table right-wing stuff. You know, they they do some things publicly, but there's a lot that, that goes on behind the scenes. I understand that was kind of the way uh, the Golden Dawn operated, too, is that they did some things during the day, but other things at night. W- what do you think about this uh, criminal gang stuff? And, I mean, I know you're not here in the United States, but I try. I mean, Trump, I would think they could be called a crime family. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, uh, yeah, I'm not there, but I, can, I, sure. I, I do follow everybody in this planet, what is going on in the States. You know, uh, as you were talking, I was thinking of uh, Sidney Neumann, like a classic uh, definition of fascist, Nazism, which, where he says that, uh, you know, when we talk about fascism, it's not about a, a state that, uh, like, becomes all-powerful, but for spaces of enormity, like of lawlessness, in, within which the power of the powerful, of the rich and strong, can be expressed naked and without any boundaries against the weaker of this society. So, uh, in different forms, like uh, a wealthy family that controls everything and can escape any kind of control and a criminal are not very much different. They're both expressions of real fascism, like in that sense, like naked force of the powerful and decide against the weaker part, like state of the society. Indeed. And you've probably heard, I, I have a feeling people in Europe follow American doings probably better than most Americans do. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, this past summer, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse used an AR-15-style semiotic weapon to murder two people protesting the police shooting of Jacob Blake. He, I, it's, I never would have guessed this, but this, this 17-year-old boy who killed these people is a hero to many Trump supporters. They, they, they cheer him on. In Michigan, there was a right-wing gang that was caught as they were about to kidnap the governor and perhaps kill her. Do, am I wrong to see parallels to Golden Dawn activities? No, completely, because these kinds of uh, racist violence starts becoming dangerous. It's like at the point where it's not anymore a marginal uh, deed of uh, like a disturbed personality, but uh, like it gets the support of broader chunks of the population. Uh, I don't know, and I, I suppose that. Uh, that's where we are in the United States, too. I, I happened to see recently uh, this mini-series, The Plot Against America, uh-huh. uh, made uh-huh. by uh, David Simon on the old novel of uh, Philip Roth. And it's interesting yes. that uh, they remake it now, like a Trump moment, this kind of political fiction. It's, I think it's very topical. Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Well... You you express some much needed optimism 
there's a quote from one of your colleagues, I, I will recognize, who said that democracy is something which can defend itself and that justice can be found even at challenging times. This is no mean feat in a society as traumatized by crisis as Greece has become. What, what happens from, from here? Uh, is right-wing racist fascism just gone for a while, do you think? And how do you think it, it translates to the future of such right-wing nationalist racist movements in, in Europe? Is, is there a movement away or is that still growing? I have a sense it might still be growing. Yeah, it's still growing. I mean, uh, if anything, my optimist uh, optimism would be based only the conviction that uh, there are people who won't let the streets, won't let the space available, will participate, who will be active in controlling power, police, uh, government, in the uh, like uh, their way to. Uh, apply uh, the policies in their way to uh, exercise violence against citizens and so on. Uh, uh, democracy can defend itself means mainly active participation of the people. Yes. And people too often, I think, especially here in the United States, have been convinced that we don't have any power, that we're powerless to make any real change. That is absolutely not true, but they want us to believe that. And there are, uh, we can, voices of the people actually do make a difference. Is this, do you think, is this the end? I mean, it's hard to say the end of Golden Dawn, the end of fascism uh, in in Greece. Could they come back? Do you think, will they be seen? I mean, this, uh, the, the former head of it, I wonder, you know, he's in jail. Will he be seen as a martyr? Luckily, he's not young like Hitler was. But uh, I, I wonder about the future of Golden Dawn and fascism. You know, they could call themselves many different things uh, from here on yeah, out. Exactly. We don't have we don't have to you know wait for the guy with the mustache or the guy you know the bald guy who uh, shouts out loud and so on. I mean, fascism has different phases and ways to change costumes and names. Uh, and uh, we should be ready. I mean, we're done with Golden Dawn. We're done with the most awful and the criminal, right. like, uh, expression of uh, post-war fascism in Greece. But we are unfortunately far from being done with fascism in our days. Well, we'll do what we can over on this side of the Atlantic. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a little difficult getting through with the telephone issues, but I really appreciate this. I think uh, uh, listeners uh, will learn important stuff about what's gone on there and uh, what can happen in other countries as well. Sometimes, every now and then, justice can prevail. Thank you so much, Dimitri Kosouris, for being with us on Keeping Democracy Alive. Thank you, too. I'm going to tell all you fascists you may be surprised People all over this world are getting organized to bow to lose You fascists are bound to lose Race hatred cannot stop us This one thing I know Yeah.
Take my union gun Gonna end this world of slavery for 